Oh, man, and that's, that's our question, what you guys just led us through, that very song we saw the wise men sing in that video today. And, and there was a question kind of in the dialogue there. I'm not sure if you caught it, but they said, have we, have we discovered faith? And this, this encounter that they had with Jesus and, and the, the decisions they were having to make makes them feel like something's different. And so they asked the question, have we discovered faith? And I got to thinking about that, and I think it took faith. For these magi from the east to not just see the star and, and declare that something was happening in the world, but to say, we're going to do whatever it takes to journey wherever that leads us. And that was Jesus. That takes faith. I think it took faith to bow once they found the baby, uh, found the, the child, Jesus, to, to bow before him. These kingmakers bowing before this little one. And I think it took faith that when, when they figured out that going back, the way they came and reporting to Herod, that Herod was going to be destructive. And it took faith for them to protect everything that they had seen. And this little one that they had met, the idea of having Jesus is something they wanted to protect. And having found faith, having found Jesus, did you hear how they concluded it? This changes everything. We sung, sung then, what child is this? And what we want to reflect on this morning with you is that answering the question, what child is this? That answer changes everything. Let's pray. Jesus, I... You change everything. You change everything in the world. And you change everything about us and our lives. And I pray that right now that your spirit just does the work that only you can do. As we look at this question and look at the changes that knowing who you are brings in our lives. I pray that. Amen. As this video shows... Uh, our Christmas uh, series today takes us to the story of the Magi, the, the wise men, the kingmakers from the east who have traveled to see Jesus there in Bethlehem. Now, uh, when we would, when I was growing up, and we would put up the uh, manger scene. How many of you guys do that? Put a crash up or a, a manger scene in your home. You know, when we put that up... I, I don't know why. I, I think because my mom is just super analytical and, and super rational. Every year, well, now, you know. Little, little condescending tone, but, but she's sweet. She's loving. She's like, you know, you know that those wise men weren't at the, weren't at the manger. Yeah, mom, we, we've heard that for six years running now. We got that. You know, two years old probably, so, you know. Okay, mom, you know what? I'll put the wise men in the kitchen. It'll be fine. You know, they're on a journey. Um, that, for whatever reason, that was really part of, you know, an important part of the story for my mom. Um, but we want to actually read through that story because it just it falls where all the other birth stories lie in the book of Luke and Matthew. And this one's in Matthew. And uh, we want to go through that. You can follow along. It's in Matthew chapter 2. If you brought a Bible, you can do that. Uh, it'll be here on the screen as I read. Uh, it's also in your Converge app. And you can go to the Bible right there, which is a great Bible, and pull it up with me. Matthew chapter 2. And we're going to start in verse 1 this morning. And uh, rather than kind of going through the passage or the text um, section by section, uh, I'm just going to read the whole text this morning, and then we're going to unpack it a little bit. So here we go. 
Verse 1, Matthew 2, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Well, Herod, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law, and he asked them, where is this Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said. Verse 7, then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And then when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guiding them to Bethlehem, it went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. And they entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed and they worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream, do not return to Herod. This morning we want to ask, what child is this? What child is this? And I thought we would start out by looking at different perspectives, and I thought we would start out by looking at Herod. How does King Herod, king of Judea, king of, of Israel and, and Jerusalem and all those surrounding areas and regions, how does King Herod answer the question, what child is this? Well, we start out by, by seeing here in our text that Herod, Herod was absolutely uh, floorboarded, flabbergasted, shell-shocked at the Magi's visit. He had no clue they were coming. He had no reason to know why they would be there. And when they come and say, there's been a king born, I'm sure that his jaw hits the floor and he's looking at them like, what are you talking about? Because there ain't no newborn king right here in this palace, right? See, Herod wasn't paying attention to the signs of the times. That star was in the sky for all to see. The magi paid attention. The Magi looked at it and said, that's something going on right there. There's a light in the world that makes a difference. And this light leads us to something important. And so they began to follow that star. Herod was right there under it. And none of his wise men, none of his people, none of them saw it. And in fact, if it's indeed true that Jesus was around two years old or so as the Magi show up, years had been passed since Jesus' birth and Herod has no clue. He had to ask the Magi, hey guys, when did this star first appear? Because he had no idea. Neither did any of his wise men. And so Herod's wise men, they hadn't noticed it. And they, they just, this must have just shocked the Magi. I'm sure that they showed up to Herod's, Herod's palace going, okay guys, where is he? We, we want to worship this, this king that's been born here. We, you know, Bethlehem and, and Jerusalem aren't that far apart. So I'm sure, you know, they just walk right to where the king should be, the palace. And there's no king. And I got to imagine the Magi are scratching their heads like, what's going on? And so they ask, where's the king? And, and then the king himself is like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. How does Herod answer this? 
Herod's first inclination is, I don't have a clue what child you're talking about here. Man, for Herod, what child is this? Once Herod finds out, once he asks his wise men, puts two and two together, figures out it's talking about the, the Messiah, this future promised one to come and rescue Israel. This future one that's been talked about through prophecy and prophets and are written in their holy scriptures. And now we're talking. Now Herod's paying attention. Now Herod, the answer to the question, what child is this, threatens everything he loves. It disturbed him, the Bible said. He was so threatened. He was like, everything that I think as a king, every, everything in my kingship, everything with my legacy, it's going to all fall apart if I honor this king. Why does he want the wise men to come and tell him? So he can go kill the baby Jesus or the, the child Jesus. Because that's how Herod was. Herod was this very cruel, very vindictive kind of a king. He killed his own family members just to get what he wanted in this world. He had no compunction about finding a little two-year-old boy and killing him. That's Herod. For some of us, well, I'll tell you this, we know that because when the wise men went around him and uh, didn't go back and Herod actually finds out that the wise men already took off and he doesn't know where this child is, he told everyone, he told all of his guards, all of his uh, soldiers, he said, kill every two-year-old and under baby boy in the area of Bethlehem and all the surrounding area. We're just going to kill them all. It's called the slaughter of the innocents. And the Bible here, we didn't get into that part of the story, but the Bible talks, that's Herod. What child is this? The child to be feared. Sadly, for some of us, for some, maybe not us, but for some, the idea of knowing Jesus threatens them. Have you ever ran into somebody like that before? And you're just talking about who you are and your faith or whatever, and they don't want, there are people who just don't want nothing to do with it. We'll get angry if you want to talk about any church kind of stuff. No way. That stuff is fake. It's phony. It's false. It's a lie. And they, like Herod, get threatened. So, uh, so for what changed for Herod? If it's all about something changing, what changed for him? Nothing. In fact, his, his heart just got, got harder. Now, this morning, I, I, I want to not just suggest that uh, uh, answering the question like, Herod, what child is this? That, that he's a threat, that he's someone to be feared, that he's someone to be shunned, that he's someone to actually kill off. I, I have to confess that <laughs> before I just write it all off, I got to tell you, there are probably times, I, no, I would say with certainty, there are times with me where if I answer that question, I say, oh yeah, he's Jesus, but there's a part of me that I, I don't want to know who he is. I like this part of me. I don't want this part of me to be threatened. There's, a, there's maybe not the whole of me. Maybe I, I love the eternal life gift, but this part of me over here, this part of my heart, this part of my life, yeah, I'm just not gonna let Jesus into this part of my life because I feel threatened by it. Have you ever had that experience before yourself? Let, let me tell you about a guy that Jesus encountered that, that did just that. He was a rich young ruler. And he comes up to Jesus, and it's recorded there in the Gospels, and it says, you know, he comes to Jesus, and, and in short, he says, look, I, I've really kind of had a pretty good, decent religious life. I mean, I've done everything. I've followed all the rules. I've gone to church, you know, and to the synagogue. I've, I've memorized the scriptures. I've, I've, I've followed the Ten Commandments. I've, I've been a pretty good guy in following God. So, I'm, you know, and, and I think he came to Jesus expecting for Jesus to go, dude, you're in. 
No wonder you've got so much money. Because God's blessed you because you've done such a great job at following God. And so he's like asking Jesus, so what must I do? You know, what's the plan here to kind of get in on the system and, and, and life with God and stuff? And, and Jesus looks at him and goes, you know what? <laughs> You've done great, except there's an area of your life that you, that, that you don't want to give to God. And if you remember the story, that part was his money. Jesus said, look, if, if you want to really come into the kingdom, then give your wealth not everything, but give your wealth away to those who need it and come and follow me. And the Gospels record the sadness of this man who walks away telling Jesus no because his money was something that felt threatened. His wealth was threatened. The prestige that came with having money was threatened. And he was like, I'm not going to depart with my money. Uh-uh. Ain't going to happen. And, and so that was a part, man, he followed Jesus in every, or followed God in every way, except for one, and he was unwilling. He had a hard part of his heart that he did. That's how it was, like, that's a Herod response. What child is this? Jesus says, I will rock your world and change your life. Just give up this one spot and follow me. And Jesus, I think, knew that he was going to struggle and feel threatened with, because he didn't want to give up his money. We have these places in our lives where the fact that Jesus wants to do something to, to, like this rich young ruler, give this away, you know, be generous, be, no, no, no. I'm going to love Jesus over here. And, and I think today what we're going to be challenged with is how do I open up all of myself to the question, what child is this? And say, he changes everything about me. Can you see that? He changes everything about me. And that's where life gets fun. Well, also in our story today, all right, so, th so that's it. We're going to go to some happier topics here. In our, in our story today, we also see a group, the, the wise men, the magi. And, and they ask themselves, right, what child is this? Now, before the journey, the wise men knew the prophecy, sort of. I mean, they could see the star and they knew of a king. And so they were following the star because at least they had that much knowledge. They knew enough to get going on their journey. What, what child is this? Well, we're not sure, but he's got to be special. There's a star in the sky. The, the heavens point to this very one that's been born. That's got to be significant. Enough to go. Let's go. Let's move. Let's journey. Let's go there. Let's find this king. He is special, beyond special. And this child is to be sought after. And at the end of their journey, when the wise men finally like arrive and they get there, this child is to be worshiped. This child is to be given the gifts of kings, gold, and, and these spices and perfumes, frankincense and, and myrrh, and, 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 and given these gifts that we only give and reserve for kings. And here you go. What changed for them? Well, when they heard that when, when God told them, the angel warned them to go back a different way. You know what changed for them? That was the whole skit, the journey. We can't go back. We can't go back the way we came. When I engage with Jesus, I can't go back to how I used to be. I can't go back to how life was four years ago, five years ago, 20 years ago. Whatever these moments are for you that are, that are landmark decisions about who Jesus is in your life, I can't go back to how things were. I must protect the Jesus that I have discovered. And that's what the wise men are doing. The journey changes for us. 
The way that we pursue and follow with Jesus changes for us. It changes for you. It changes for me. And that's such good news that my life gets to change. My journey gets to change because of Jesus. Isn't that great? And so I get to do that and protect every moment that I get to have with him. I'm not going to be perfect, man. I'm going I'm to make plenty of mistakes. I still do. But I still want to protect this thing that God has given me. And I want you to be able to know that that's, that's a part of what journey change is all about. Um, they knew that this need of protecting, this, this life, this, and, and then my life orients around Jesus. As I do that, my journey takes me because every decision that I make is to protect and to be with Jesus. That's what the wise men did, and that's, well, that's, that's how the disciples were with Jesus. If we again look at the Gospels and relate them to what's going on here, with Jesus engaged these men, these fishermen, these tax collectors, and said, hey, uh, you know what? I, I'd love for you to just stop everything that you're doing in your life and make a decision to follow me. Everything for them changed. Their journey in life changed. Their journey with Jesus changed. Their journey to Jesus changed. Their journey with Jesus was different. And then their journey for Jesus, once he goes back to be with his father in heaven after the resurrection, everything about their journey changes. When I journey to Jesus and find him like the Magi, then my life changes and our journeys shift so that we walk with him and for him every day. And we get that privilege just like the wise men and protect that as we go and journey with him. So what changes when I find out what child this is? My life journey, everything gets radically different. I begin to do different things. I begin to serve in ministries in different ways. I begin to hang out with, with people. The, the ones I hang out that don't know Jesus, I, I, my journey wants me to share that with you and to love on you and accept you in ways maybe I'd never done before. My life's journey with, with people within the church to encourage and support and love and say, man, come on, let's go do something in the city for Jesus. My journey changes. My journey in the converged church moves me towards being a missionary into Elk Grove and Sacramento. Compel, compels me to be a disciple of Jesus in my life. Everything changes. And I know that if your journey changes when I fall down, you are right there to pick me up. You are right there to encourage. You are right there to say... Jesus has got us, and we travel with him, and everything's going to work. If you are struggling today, Jesus travels with you. Be encouraged this morning. You are one where your life is changed and changing, and Jesus is going to do something amazing and special and wonderful in and through you. Amen to that. And so we get the privilege of doing that with each other. The, when, when we answer the question, what child is this? The journey changes for us. Well, the story about the Magi is in the Bible, which actually has a lot to say about Jesus from cover to cover, actually. Jesus is there, present in creation, there at the end in Revelation. And every book in between, you see threads and, and, and signs and foreshadows of Jesus and his work and his life. From cover to cover, he is the creator. He is that king of kings. He is the Messiah. He is our Lord and Savior. He is Christ. He is the anointed one. He is all of that. In fact, let, let's just check out this one minute video and it's gonna show you some of those beautiful things. The Bible actually says, this is that child.
so often at this time of year, the ways that we think of Jesus and image Jesus is in a, is in a, is in a manger, as a baby, as a sweet, little, innocent, couldn't do anything wrong, lovely, right? Babies, right, yeah, exactly. Babies, little babies that are so amazing and wonderful, and he's so not threatening, and it's so beautiful, but that baby grows up. Yeah. And that baby becomes a man with hair on his face and, you know, smells a little bit when he sweats. And, you know, Jesus, yeah, he was human. Come on now. And, and he grows up to be this man who's, who's probably, you know, he worked with wood and lumber. So he probably had a build. And, you know, here he is, this guy who starts this teaching ministry. And even in his ministry, he says, I'm not, I, I'm here to, to, to come and deal with the hard issues of life. He grew up so that he then becomes the king of kings and the Lord of lords, becomes savior, becomes the one we worship, becomes the the, the saving one of all. He grows up to be all of that. Who is this child? This child is Jesus. And everything he is at his birth, he actually is, I mean, everything he becomes, he's at his birth, he just realizes it as he becomes an adult, as he becomes the, the Messiah and walks in that before his crucifixion, even at the crucifixion, even at the resurrection, he shows himself to be life and light and truth for all of us. He, that good shepherd, that doorway, that, that, that place that gets us to father, God, he is all of that. And who is this child? This child is the God of the universe. This child is the creator. This child is my healer. This child is my provider. This child is my deliverer. This child is everything. And knowing all of that, so this Christmas, <laughs> as I'm talking to Jesus, you know, as I've been preparing for, for this message, I've been like, Jesus, you, I'm not going to look at that little baby ever the same again with that sweet little innocence. I'm going to look at that baby and go, man, this is really something. And the Magi, they knew that. That's why they came. And that changes everything. Not just in the world, for sure. History changed. Our calendars changed. Everything has changed in this world around the person of Jesus, this baby that grew up. But my life has changed. We're here because of that change. My family is different because of that change. He's changed everything, this little baby. In our Bible story today, what child is this that stirs kingmakers to action? What child is this that causes the intelligent to investigate? What child is this that brings shepherds to his side to bow? What child is this that grows and gives his life to the world? And what child is this that continues to love and impact your and my world today? Your and my lives today. That kind of brings us to our final question this morning. What child is this? Well, to you and me, <laughs> to us. What child is this? You see, I think that like the wise men, we're all discovering Jesus. We do it by ourselves and we do it together. I love, can I just tell you, I, Dustin and I love discovering Jesus with you. There's probably no greater joy in, in what we're called to do than to discover who Jesus is with you. Like the wise men, we then worship, like we've done this morning. Like the wise men, that we give ourselves over as, as gifts of worship. And like the wise men, then I, I get to reorient. And like those disciples that followed him in the Gospels, I reorient my life around that answer. What child is this to me? So I go to church to be with you. I come 
and, and, and invest myself in your life. And Dustin does this to be with you, and you do that with us for, for each other. And like the wise men, that we ask ourselves these, these really pertinent questions. And, and I want you to hear these so that we can ask these together this Christmas. What child is this then to my family? Knowing all that we've talked about this morning then, what child is this to my family as we gather on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day to open presents and wish each other a Merry Christmas and have a great day, you know, or a couple of days as we celebrate? What child is this to my family that I celebrate this season with? Who is he to my kids or to my parents or to, to my significant other or to a brother or sister or to my Converge family? And that's the next one. What child is this to us, our church, to Converge? Do we see him as the radical world changer and step out to follow him as such? What child is this for us that we can come into a space that we've converted, a theater converted to a worship space to lift our hands and our hearts and our voice to say, Jesus, we love you. And sing, oh, come, let us adore him. What child is that? What child is this then to my city? What child? Those who don't know him. Sure, but who is he? Like the wise men discovering the answer, discovering Jesus causes us to realize, I think, that we need to choose a different path, a path of following him, even if it costs us something. What child is this to my life where I feel broken, I feel insignificant, I feel depressed? I know I have sin, but I can answer that question. He is that gracious, accepting, grace-oriented, mercy-giving, forgiving Jesus that I can completely put my life on and say, that's who he is. And I don't think it's a one-time thing. I, I had a friend at a, a previous uh, church. His name was Tom. And Tom, Tom was our drummer. And uh, not quite as good looking as today's drummer, but he was our drummer. <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking for the bonus check, you know. <laughs> and uh, Tom had been in church his whole life. His mom was a believer. He had gone to church, him and his brothers. He had played in worship bands for a long time. And Tom decided to get into a one-on-one -on -one discipling relationship with me. <laughs> He had no idea what was going to happen. And partway through this gospel that we were looking at together, Tom just breaks down into tears, right? He's been following Jesus almost his whole life, for sure his whole adult life. He's like 45 at this point. He breaks into tears and Tom says, I, I don't think I ever really knew Jesus. The Jesus that you're introducing me to in these gospels, I don't know this Jesus. And he's like, I like this Jesus. I love this. I so want to give my life to this Jesus. If the way it was just working at church was, was like one thing. But man, when he dove in, Jesus opened up to him in a whole nother way. And that's all I want to say is that's our lifelong pursuit. And it's a part of Nexus as we get going forward. We want to open up all these opportunities for us to do that together and go, I love this Jesus in these discipling-oriented ways of discovering together you and I and us and Dustin and one another.
Wouldn't that be great? And just like my friend Tom, then Jesus, this child, what child is this? Well, he's more to me today than he was yesterday. And that's so amazing. And my prayer is that that is your experience too. Over the, over the next years to come, that we get to answer that question. Band, if you would come. So, quickly, as we just kind of wrap this up, how do we go about finding the answer? I mean, we've talked a lot about how the answer changes things. We've talked a lot about this morning how, how that answer uh, impacts my life and, and who he is, how much it matters. But how, how do I answer that question? What child is this? And I just want to give you a real simple roadmap here, just very quickly. Number one, we investigate. We, we explore. <laughs> we never stop. That's why the discipling ideas, these nexus things that we want to create have such great value because we don't want to be a church that is okay with just knowing of Jesus but not getting to know Jesus intimately. I mean intimately, where I can tell him and give him everything and anything. I want that to be our experience as a church. And so we have to investigate then. We've got to be okay with diving in and saying, I know there's going to be things I don't know, so let's go figure it out. Yeah, I've been in church as an adult, going to Bible classes and small groups, for, but you know what? We all still have so much to learn, myself included. So let's go do that together, investigate. The second one is then make some decisions around that. Do I decide that he is like my buddy Tom? I love this Jesus. Let's follow him. Let me reorient my life. What was beautiful about my friend Tom, he didn't know it when we were doing this at the time, but just a few years later, he was in law enforcement and he had some issues and he had to go on to disability and it was really, really rough. And I don't think he, he would have been able to walk it through like he did, except for knowing Jesus the way he got to. So he could walk through that season of his life. And I got to do that with him and pray with him and be there for him. And it was such a beautiful thing. And then once we decide, then, then we dedicate ourselves to do it. Let's, let's go. Let's not just know about it. Let's not just talk about it. Let's do something with it, right? Let's get off and, and, and start moving. This, this uh, encounter, Emmanuel, and, and what we're doing on that Saturday night at the Quinns, these are perfect opportunities for you to go get a neighbor, for you to go get a relative, somebody who is not going to necessarily come in here on a Sunday morning and come with you and say, hey, can we do this Christmas thing together? I tell you what, let's go to the Fab 40, see some lights. Let's go to the Converge Center after that, and then we'll grab a meal. I got something I want to see, and then you can get into the Christmas story in a way that anyone can go through and not feel threatened and learn about who, what child this is. Let's go do that and dedicate ourselves to that. And then repeat, right? right? Wash, rinse, repeat. We're going to repeat. We repeat it. It's not a one-time thing, man. We'll just do it over and over and over and over again. And yeah, along the way, there's going to be times when we're going to feel threatened. Are you sure, Jesus? <laughs> You're really asking this, Jesus? All right, my life is yours. I'm not going to stay threatened. I'm going to give. There may be times along the way where I change my mind about my journey, like the wise men, or I might see Jesus as the God of all, like the Bible shows him to us, or finding the answer to today's song, but it just changes everything. And so I leave you with this. What child is this? And this Christmas season, I'm going to pray that we answer that question, and the course of our life pivots, because we see Jesus in ways we never have before. So would you bow your heads with me, please, this morning? as I just get to pray over you. Jesus, you are so special. And our lives, may our lives, may our lives find the answer to that question over and over. 
Who is this child? The God of all. The loving, gracious, tender one in my life, in our lives. The glue that binds converge together. The impetus that moves us into Elk Grove to find those who need to know him, like the shepherd who left the 99 to find the one who is this child. He changes and orients my life around him so. God, I pray that that becomes our heart's cry this Christmas season. And we take the lesson from the Magi as we answer that song, what child is this? Everything will change. So speak spirit into us as we follow you. Amen.